ね。Yes! That's your audition for this movie. It's just how how like how intensely can you put a finger up to your lips? <laughs> hello and welcome to the Oncast. My name is Dom. It's one half of the Oncast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Yep, it's very silent. In this episode, we're returning to our classic format of the Grand Rewatch and reviewing the 2018 thriller A Quiet Place, starring John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, and Millicent Simmons. Yes. Yes. Well, there we go. I believe her name's pronounced Maleficent. No, it's not. Don't be a dick. <laughs> right. So, we're back. We're back we're to doing a, a Grand Rewatch. We're doing a Grand Rewatch ahead of a film that's about to come out of the cinemas. A new film with a Grand Rewatch, and we're. Oh, this is good. Is back to the old days. This is what we used to do. So for those who don't know, who may have joined us over the last year of chaos, <laughs> um, one of the initial things we used to do on this podcast was we used to go back and watch all the movies in a series leading up to a new film coming out. Yeah. Um, and we were getting ready to do this, this sort of over a year ago now, so a year plus. Yeah. We, we were literally, I remember watching it at home because we were going to record an episode on yeah. A Quiet Place because A Quiet Place 2 was going to come out of the cinema the following week. Well, it was, it, it was it, the posters were up. Yeah. Like the last time that we went to the cinema before, we were like two weeks. It was, yeah, it was, we saw Onward. I think yeah. it was the last thing we saw before everything shut down, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it's A Quiet Place 2. So right, next week we'll do A Quiet Place and then A Quiet Place 2 cinema in the week. Mm-hmm. Hey! Then everything stopped. Yeah. Everything stopped um, and everything got pushed back and they pushed it back over and over again. And now eventually it's now it's coming out next week. The cinema has been open in the UK for a couple of weeks now. So that seems to be solid. It's not going yeah. anywhere. It's getting lots of reviews. It's come out in the States in like limited screenings, all the rest of it. It seems like it's definitely 100% going to happen. So we're back <laughs> on an even keel. And it's, it's a good sort of indication that things are starting to get back to normal now. Um, but it means that we've got the opportunity to go back and watch the first film, A Quiet Place, yeah. from, from 2018. And this this is the first, because I didn't, I didn't get... Because I was going to watch it, and mm. then they were like, oh, cinemas are going to go into lockdown. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll hold off until like the week before. And then it hit, and I was like, I'll hold off until the week before. And then it just kept sort of coming up, coming up, coming up. And then the cinemas opened for that little sort of window again. Yeah. But, but then nothing really new came out. No, there was, a, there was a time for us in the UK where they would, we would go to cinemas and they were, they were putting like reruns of things. They would put, it's like yeah. when we went to go see Lord of the Rings last year. See Lord of the Rings, Superman. Yeah, all Jurassic that sort of Park. stuff. But the, all the, the major releases weren't being put out because they've been no. waiting for now. And it feels like now, like, you know, from the things that are coming out about A Quiet Place Part 2, it's very much been the right move because people yeah. are flocking to see it and it's getting loads of great reviews. Yeah. And it's like, this is what we've been waiting for. And it's the sort of film that deserves it as well. Absolutely. It? Because of what we'll get into on the recording in a minute. But yeah, it well, is. I don't get why it didn't come out, like, with the Christmas opening around the same sort of time. It could have done. I think it's just a case of it's, it's limiting because I think it's people would be less likely. Like, mm. you and I would have gone. But like they want as many people as possible to make the money back, yeah. sort of thing, didn't you? I mean, like because it was the Wonder Woman scenario, wasn't there? But then that felt, in hindsight, like well, as that's the thing. You and I both enjoyed it, contrary to what a lot of other people thought. But it was one of those things that was put on and then dumped onto yeah, like home premiere or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's, that's a weird. Like, Warner Brothers has been weird with the whole thing because they've they've done throughout the, the, every movie they've tried something different almost. Because mm. then Kong versus Godzilla they put out early and then eventually came out in cinemas. Um, like what was it? Um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they put out two weeks early, even though the cinemas were just about to open. Yeah, and instead, like you can go and see that at the cinema. Yeah, I was going to go and see it tonight. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've seen it already. We watched it on the thing, but I was like, what can I do this evening? Maybe I'll go and see more combat. Yeah. Um, but anyway, The Quiet Place. <laughs> yeah. So we're back, yeah, talking about The Quiet Place. And remember, I remember it at the cinema, and it was fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. And rewatching it again, you you capture it a little bit if you've got a good TV home set up, but it's such a cinema movie. Oh, God. That's why I'm yeah. so excited to go and see the next one at the cinema. Um, because it's just brilliant, and for the, for anyone who doesn't know sort of the, the basic premise of it is it's a really like ninety minute um, horror film, I guess you could call it, but mm. it's more like a thriller. And it's essentially the idea behind it is that there's some sort of monsters in the world that react to sound, and yeah. therefore what it means is the entire movie is almost silent. Like the, it follows a family and how they're trying to survive, and the whole premise is they've got to make as little noise as possible. So that yeah. every, everything's very, very like like they really set up the premise really, really well right at the very beginning, um, and they've got everything like planned out so they make as much less noise as possible. No one speaks mm-hmm. unless there's a, like they've got a there's barely any dialogue in it. I remember pausing it when we were watching it last night. It's like thirty eight minutes into a ninety minute movie is the first time someone says anything. Yeah, because um, there's the thing where they sort of like will mouth a word and sort of whisper it yeah. whilst they're doing sign language. sign language. Yeah. But the first time somebody actually speaks. Yeah, you hear someone's voice. Yeah. Is that, yeah. And it's like, and they do the, what they work it into like the story by having, essentially, it's a, it's a, the main set of characters are a mother, a father, a daughter and a son. Yeah. And that's it. And but the daughter is deaf. And so what that means, it sort of sets up the idea that they all know sign language. They, that's how they communicate anyway yeah. as a family. So it's, And then it means that they're communicating like that and we get subtitles. Yeah. So that's the main way we're able to follow what's yeah. going on. But um, but yeah, God, it's just it's so tense and it's so well done. And it's directed by John Krasinski as well. Yeah, and, and it, partly written. Yeah, like, I think he, he, did, a, yeah, he did a, a rewrite on the script. Um but just yeah, I mean, like that opening scene in the um, in the store. Yeah, because it's so the thing. So the film has this sort of prologue mm. to it, which sort of sets the scene of the entirety, mm. and you see how quiet they have to be. You have, you see the the fear that exists when people do make a sound yeah. or or have something that could make a sound and it's it's the the terror that comes across in that in absolute silence because yeah, yeah and then it leads to a sort of a culmination and you get a glimpse of what is out there mm. coming after that is it is attracted by this sound and that's it yeah and that's it's just like yeah it, that's what's great about it, is that it's like it's it's like an acting exercise. It's like it's just they're all just doing, everything's done with just people's, um, you know, their body language and their facial expressions, and yeah. just to get across how scared they all are. Like in that that opening store scene, like I remember one of, one of the shots, like it's a really close up shot of going through all the medicine bowls, 
yeah. and you see like Emily Blunt, she's out of focus in the background, but she's turning each individual medicine bottle very, very slowly and not letting them touch one another. Not yeah. like even the rattle of a medicine bottle is something she's scared of. And like that's like one of the early shots in the whole movie. And again, it just sets up this whole, and then you get that moment where the kid has the toy and you can't like, it's brilliantly done because it's like, he's got his back to us as the audience and he's facing his family. So we can't see what he's got. And the way they react, you'd think that it was like a toddler with the handgun. Yeah. Like, they're literally like, shit, shit, shit. And they hold his hand out and, like, all of them are scared. And they're all looking at him with absolute, like, terror on their face. Mm -hmm. And Krasinski, like, slowly, like, gets closer to him. And you would think that it's like a, a boy found his dad's gun. Yeah. But it turns out it's just a noisy toy. Yeah. It's just a toy. And it's like, and, then, and disarming it is like, he takes the batteries out of it. And it is like he's unloading Take, a handgun. Um, yeah. That's like... Yeah. And so fucking out. It's so it's so well done. It is incredible, and it's it's difficult to sort of define it in a way because it's it's got this weird sort of claustrophobia to it. But it's the the, the sound is what makes it mm. so claustrophobic because there's an, there's an absence of it. It's like yeah. I don't know. It's almost like an agoraphobic sort yeah. of. There's this absence of sound to everything, and you can hear like small gasps or the odd foot or and it makes you like hyper aware like but, and it, then when the sound does come in yeah. it's really jarring yeah it's like it makes you jump and like the most basic thing that makes it just a little bit of sound you you like yeah. by tuning you into that right at the very beginning you're like it gets you in the same headspace as the as the characters yeah so then you're just like shit like you jump when some when someone makes a noise or anything that you can think yeah. oh fuck that's gonna make a noise or <laughs> don't do that because ah, ah. i remember like when you and i went to the cinema to see it we were like we were on our way there and we were like fuck i just hope it's not gonna be one of those ones where you get some noisy prick with a packet of crisps yeah and it was amazing luckily was, we were yeah fortunately we were. The, the screening we were in was completely silent yeah but that was the whole thing i was literally just reading about it like they're like cinema chains complained with this because they saw a noticeable dip in concession sales really because people weren't buying popcorn and stuff because yeah. they would have ruined it it's like fair enough it's yeah like, fair good yeah. like that gives me a, sort of a bit more faith in humanity about yeah it, so, like there's like this at the moment like i feel like it's interesting the time it's come out and what it's going up against because there's stuff like the green movies just come out and the yeah. morally has just come out it's like if there are horror horror fans who want to go and scream and like and eat popcorn or Go watch that. Mm. We'll watch A Quiet Place. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's the thing, like, my love of horror is well-versed on here, but, yeah. like, this is, like, the the like the Blumhouse model, yeah. and, like, the James Wan sort of saws, conjurings, stuff like that, paranormal activity, escape room, all of them, they all have their place, but this, to me, is, like, real horror. Yeah. Because this is something that's... There's, a, there's, it's like, um, it's like The Shining. There's this dread mm. that's always there, of yeah. like the unknown, and like, um, in fact, I was actually listening to a podcast where they spoke about like the sound design in The Shining, which mm. really stood out when I was listening to this. Was they were saying about there's a lot of stuff in The Shining that the jump scares aren't really things that happen in the film. The jump scares are like a flashcard when the when there's an audio 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 beat yeah which then says tuesday yeah and it hits you and you oh yeah exactly yeah because yeah. you're expecting something but then with this it does the same thing but it it will be a scene that cuts from absolute silence to 
water running past, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, it's, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. fuck, it's just a river. It's like, it's, everyone's so de- deadly quiet, and then suddenly it's like this, yeah, this loud noise of, of water, and it's like, oh yeah. shit, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what throws you off, and that's, I think, the sort of the mastery of this, and similar to what you were saying when, before we were recording with what Stephen King said mm. about this film, and the way that things are framed in... Yeah, it's fucking. It's, 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 it's fucking. It's so like, so well shot. But like, and again, just the idea that as I was watching, it was like, is this the first film Krasinski's directed? It wasn't. This is a comedy movie that he made yeah. a couple of years beforehand. But still, like, for someone who's for all intents and purposes an inexperienced director, like, yeah, like the shot choice, sound design, all the stuff that is down to him as a director, yeah, he just fucking nails. It's so yeah. good. Um, but he ne- he does all that stuff without ever losing the central sort of character piece of the whole thing because I think that was the thing that sort of struck me about watching it again recently or yeah, last night is that it's kind of like because the the, the storyline of the movie doesn't really have anything to do with the monsters as such it's not like no. so it's like because in theory this is like an end of the world type scenario but there's another it doesn't cut to your uh, you know the cut to the generals in the in the, in the, the fucking pentagon going but well we learned it sound sir that's the thing we got the, the, <laughs> yeah. there's none of that there's none of that macro <laughs> stuff it's just the only glimpses we get of the wider story is things that we see on um newspapers yeah but the main story of and this they are a bit in yeah. your face they are a bit much aren't they yeah because <laughs> but it's because they have to just they're, yeah. they're just panning past them and it's exactly. not really it just needs to communicate as much information as possible in as little time as possible. Yeah, exactly. So they, yeah, they are quite based. Such a short exposition. Yeah, guys. exactly. Um, but the main, the thing, the main story of it is like a family dealing with the loss of a loved one and yeah. their guilt that they feel over it and how they don't communicate. They haven't communicated their feelings about it. And this is like the premise of this is like, there's a reason why they can't have a conversation Yeah, because of the, the world that they live in. But you could quite as easy, just as easily have this movie be like an Oscar kitchen sink drama type thing, where it's just kit- people bottling up their emotions and not saying what yeah. they feel. That like, I feel a lot of guilt about what happened to my brother because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I feel like it's my fault. But the parent, no one has that conversation because you yeah. just bottle up that guilt, and then it all explodes in a big like Oscar winning scene where they show Adam the cl- Driver and Scarlett Johansson are yelling at one another exactly exactly that they could have quite like they could have made this same story like there's films like what's the um, Manchester by the Sea yeah is about a couple dealing with the loss of a of a child yeah and it's exactly that it's that they bottle up all these emotions then it all just releases and that's the premise really that's the, the arc the, the like character arcs in these movies it just happens to be set in this world where no one's able to have a conversation mm-hmm. And it's fucked. It's so well done. It's yeah. so good. And that's and that's what's brilliant about it. Like you can go in and you can see the horror, and you can be afraid of you know the scary monsters, and you can you know you can be frightened by the sound. But the connective tissue in there, the stuff that really sort of hits you hard. Like the hardest thing to hit is when the son is having a conversation with the dad, and says. Uh, they're talking and they're talking about blame and they're mm. talking about the loss yeah and you know without getting into spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it but the, the, there's that conversation there and that hits so hard yeah and it's especially poignant because it's a son talking to his dad and his dad just like not really getting it like yeah. not really realizing that that was a thing because obviously he's having to do this 
you know, he's having to have the family survive and he's got all this weight on his shoulders about making sure it's quiet and setting up these lights and doing the, yeah. the hearing aid and then and he, this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And there's so much to it that it's something that he's it's never entered his head because mm. it's so... Everything else is so all-encompassing yeah. to it. It's like, they, and they, they set up really well, like, his role as the father as well. It's like, they, it's like this, they, there's a fear of him. Mm. Like, they, they set it up, like, even in that first opening scene, like, he's the last character to be revealed. And there's that moment where the kid um, knocks the toy off the shelf. And the young, and the oldest daughter then, like, runs and grabs it because it, or it hits the ground. Yeah. And she looks over and it's just, it's Krasinski just in, like, a silhouette in the doorway. And she's yeah. looking at him, like, terrified. And so they set up, and again, like, later on in the movie, like, she has to call him for dinner. And she's, like, scared. It's like the idea that he's the one they're scared of. Yeah. Like, when they knock stuff over and they look at him, he's the thing. That, they're more scared of him than they are of the monsters, almost. Yeah. And that, like, he's not even into that. And eventually, once he has that conversation with the son, he starts to realise like yeah. how they how these kids are acting him and it's like oh shit, I, I hate that my kids feel that way about me mm. but and again like so there's there's like two conversations in the whole movie yeah and they're exactly that again you have a conversation between um the husband and wife whereas yeah emily blunt and krasinski having an actual conversation and you get the feeling that she's like taking her opportunity to say all the stuff that she's been wanting to say for over a year like yeah. she's taught, she's like the, she's just had a, uh, she's just given birth. That's, yeah. Um, Whereas you know, that's the one. Checkups, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's another sort of tension thing that's built up throughout the movie. Is this idea that we cut forward and then she's pregnant and it, she's all the preparations they're making for how the yeah. hell am I going to have a baby in this world and have yeah. it not make as little sound as possible? But they don't talk about that because she's like, right, I don't know when we're next going to be able to actually speak to each other. It might be. Yeah. So I need to tell you this is what's going on in my head about the day that we what happened yeah. in the prologue, what I'm thinking about it, what and like yeah, and that we I have to get all this out now because there's never going to be another opportunity to do yeah. it. It's like so fucking well done. <laughs> it is amazing. It's such a fucking brilliant film, and it's one that I would always come back to because it's not it's not an easy watch. No, but it's an amazing watch, and it's like it's an experience as well. And it's one of those things that's difficult to just, you can, it's not the sort of film that you can just put on. No. Like you have to, like I went to great pains, like when I was putting it on last night to like, yeah, set it up in the right way. I'm like, it has to be as dark as possible in the room. Yeah. No lights on. I want to like eliminate any additional sound that we don't need. So like if there's mm-hmm. a buzzing coming from an electronic device, get rid of that. Yeah. Cause it's an, like you say, it's an experience. Yeah. And that's why it's like, it's such a great thing that we were in this position where, you know, cinemas are back and we've got this sequel come out and it's going to be to the, I could not only imagine to the same calibre mm. obviously Krasinski coming back to direct it um, and it's like yes this is a cinema experience that we all need to come back and we have to see it at the cinema yeah. there's just there's no two ways about it um, but yeah I don't know just, I think sort of thinking about what's left and what we're expecting from the sequel I guess is just stuff like I love, I'm watching it again last night, it's like, there's so little that we know. Yeah. We literally know nothing. We don't even, we don't know their names. We don't know, we don't know the names. We don't know, in terms of the threat, the monsters, I was thinking about it. We've always assumed, and it's always been written, like when we're talking about this film, is that it, we've always said that they're aliens. Mm. We don't actually even know that. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's always, I don't know, like, the way that they work 
the you know the fact that it's sound as that is is sort of shown in the film but i always sort of maybe it's like something that's come from underground yeah it could be something where it's like a a yeah it's like a cthulhu type yeah like it could be couldn't it? it could be something where it's like they could say oh yeah we drilled too deep yeah and then these things got released yeah and they've just wiped over the planet that they could be an experiment in a in a lab that gone wrong and then they multiplied. Yeah, like it could be anything. But could be, could, yeah, could be anything. But like it's... they don't bother explain because it's not relevant. No, like all that matters for this family is okay. How do we survive? Yeah, with them in the world, it doesn't matter where they come from. It's it's yeah. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's one of the things. That's what I quite like about um these sort of things and uh, like the shining again i use this as an example just because it's you know these are two of my favorite horror films mm. it doesn't spoon feed you anything like it shows you a few things here and there and it's just like if you don't get it it's sound yeah 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 there's, you know? there's literally a, a yeah a, a headline like quite early on that he says just a newspaper saying sound in giant capital yeah. letters like yeah. i think we got that like we'd like yeah it's like it's sound and then another newspaper that's like indestructible yeah. and then there's another newspaper that like dark angels or whatever they are like dark yeah which like that's the kind of thing where it's like well there's dark angels they fell from the sky that yeah. means maybe they are aliens then yeah don't or know, maybe again. they're actually demons yeah. or what are they? But it's it doesn't matter so much because they aren't the plot. No. This is a survival story, not a like yeah. a winning story. This is a, no, exactly, you know, there's yeah. no winner or loser here. No, and it's just like it's there's you have to just infer everything from context. Mm. It's just a case of right and you, you and it's all like production design and all that. So like when they again they leave the store see it's you know sound on the side of the thing that's like in your face but then you also get the fact you know they're all barefoot mm-hmm. and they're all walking along a line of sand that they've created yeah to make as little and again like to then put you know, oh right to make as little noise as possible okay yeah and then there's loads of stuff throughout the whole movie like again like when she's like there's a point where she's walking into the house and they've got like point painted points yeah. where you're allowed to step because clearly it's like these are the parts of the of the floor where the floorboards don't creak yeah so we know these are safe to step on <laughs> it's so everything's been like meticulously well thought out in the yeah. production design of it and that's it's so well done. i love it um but yeah but the other thing that sort of struck me and i would be interested to see if they tell us in this one is i'm trying to think like what the krasinski and emily blunt's jobs were in the real world yeah because i feel like he's like seems he's very good at it basically he's like adapted everything he's like he's almost like a scientist sort of he's really thought everything out he's thought about soundproofing he's got his like he's there fiddling and soldering with um hearing hearing to try and get his daughter back to being able to hear again and then she like she's got oxygen she's got everything she needs she's already thought out exactly what she needs to be able to birth the baby but then she's also um teaching us she's like a teacher almost with her son she's got there's like shakespeare quotes up on the backboard and she's doing division with him Okay. Yeah, but was... the Shakespeare quote. If you look at that as well, yeah, there are also um, signs mm. to to learn sign for that. Oh, okay, so those symbols are like how you would move your hand. Okay, I'm like words. so. My first thought was like, okay, so she's a nurse or something. But then it's like, no, maybe she's a teacher. Yeah, that's it. Maybe she's she's like an elementary school teacher. Um, but I I kind of yeah I sort of went with like thought she might have been a nurse or something because she knew what to 
get in the pharmacy. Yeah, she knew what to get with the pharmacy. Like she was checking her own blood pressure she at one point. Blood pressure, all that stuff. She's yeah, got yeah. like oxygen there. She's got this oxygen mask of this size for the baby. She knows what to do with this. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, spoilers. Like she's clearly capable of delivering the baby on her own. Yeah, you know, I know it's her fault, but still, <laughs> um, there's loads. There's 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 enough there. Mm. That's one thing I'm a bit worried about with two. What they're saying that too they're going to start explaining things, and you're like, you're going to lose some of the mystique. I think there'll be a I bit. I think of showing that. a bit, yeah. like we've seen in the trailer, yeah. like showing what appears to be like day one, yeah, is fine. Yeah, I think there will be a bit of that, but then even that, it seems like from that trailer where they're showing day one, it's still going to be contextual. You're still, it's not like they're going to again. Then this film, they will never cut to the war room. They'll never cut yeah. to the pen. That will never happen. It will only ever be how it like impacts these people's lives. Yeah, survivor stories. And the, is... but I think that the only way they're going to expand it is that yeah they'll introduce new survivors. So we know in the sequel we're going to have Kitty and Murphy mm-hmm. is coming into it. So I feel like if they are going to expand and answer more questions, it will be via his story. Yeah. So if we flash back and see how he got here, that might inform how we understand yeah. what's going on better. We just had a different angle of it. Of it. Mm-hmm. And that would be good. Yeah, I feel like they they should be able to keep it fairly narrow. Because um, when he's saying about, like, you see it in the trailer, he says, oh, like, there are others there. Mm. And it's like, she's, and like she sets off a trap that's like glass bottles. And mm. So it's clearly, like, not society, but there are clearly other survivors out there. Yeah, and that's my other biggest question that I had left over from this as well, because they set that up really early and never mm. it. It's that there's this point towards the beginning where they've got, the, the family's got their farm and they've got this ritual where, or whatever, where he lights like a signal fire yeah. on top of the grain silo. But then it like pans across and you see off in the distance other like other fires being lit. Yeah. Like it's a, you know, it's a signal that there are all, people yeah. are still out there. You're not alone sort of thing. But we never then see anyone else. No. We see one person. We see an, an old man yeah. and his wife and that's it. But we don't see any of these other people who are lighting these fires. It's never addressed. Mm-mm. So that's one of the things that I hope that they do address in the sequel. I yeah. want. I just want to know because then because then the the que- it raises more questions to me. So it's like if they were going to have they're going through this whole this traumatic thing of having a baby, would it not make sense to go towards one of those fires and strengthen numbers, someone to look after the? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than isolate yourself. But then because the question there is like a lot of um, so. Yeah, I'm quite into. I like a lot of like survival stories, and I really enjoy like post-apocalyptic mm. stuff. But a lot of like survivor stuff, they're like, don't just join people for the sake of it because mm. you don't know those people are fighting for their lives too, and they might not be good. They might not be right. If you're safe, yeah. If you got food, water, shelter, and like, stay where you are. Yeah, true, but it's it's, just, it's the it's the pregnancy part. Of it, yeah. what it is for me. It's when they've they've planned out exactly how they're going to do the pregnancy. They've got like the red lights to and the the fireworks, all the stuff that they're going they're going to do. And I was like, if you would just like in the nine months that lead up to mm. that, at some point, do a little scouting mission to one of those red, one of those fires and just yeah. see hi because that's what probably ten miles. Yeah, exactly. Here's what's going on. My wife is pregnant. She's due in however. We need your help so that we can have someone looking after her at all times mm. for when that happens. And X, Y, and Z. For all he knows, there could be a nurse or a doctor or someone in one of these places. You'd think that would have happened. But again, 
it's not part of this initial story, so we're not going to show it. Yeah. So it's just like it's we're too focused. We're not going to show you that. That, yeah. but, but that may well have happened. Maybe that is something they'll talk about in two. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I, I want to see the world open up a bit, but mm. what I don't want is a right. Here's the story. Yeah, I don't. Um, think, I don't think they will. Like a freeze frame at the start, and Emily Blunt being like, "So, I bet you're wondering how I got here." <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's just me, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> I got the girl of my dreams. It's like we know it's your, th- it's your third movie. You don't have to keep narrating. It's like everything was fine until my uncle Ben died, and it's like, oh, fuck, we know. <laughs> but it's yeah. I don't want them to start exploring too much. I don't want them just to sort of pull back the curtain. No. Like, I don't think this it, is what this is. This is what we call them. We call them grabbers, or we call them stabbers, or yeah, I think listeners. Th- yeah, or... there will be a bit of that, but I, don't, I feel like they'll probably they'll do it well. Um, I've yeah. got I've got faith so in who's, them. Who's making this one? Is it still Krasinski? Yeah. So he's still directing. He's directing. It? He just obviously won't be in it as much. Yeah. <laughs> um. But even that, they found a way to get him. Like he's got this flashback sequence, but we've seen in the trailers where yeah. he have at least a scene. I mean, um, that's fairly significant spoilers, isn't it? It is, but... Um, <laughs> watch A Quiet Place, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so writers, Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Um, oh, no, there you go. So they're, they're Scott Beck and uh, Brian Woods are just characters. And then um, on part two, and um, the only written by credit is Krasinski. Oh, okay, cool. So it's like he's entirely taking it on himself. Cool. Which is great. Um and that sort of does make you think that was his because it was it his story originally, and then he just brought on. I think he was their story to help. No, it was the other way around. It was their story originally, and then he was approached by the studio to okay. star in it, and then then the station came up about him directing it as well. Yeah, and he was like, huh? and then it, it sort of evolved from there, and then it was about like, well, I'll Emily play this part. Yeah, and that makes just, sense. And it was like, yeah, and it all like grew from there. But the other thing to sort of bear in mind is that oh, as as it, Emily Blunt and Krasinski are amazing in this and like I say it's like I can imagine this being used as like a a, a piece to sort of teach actors like non-verbal acting this mm-hmm. is just this is 101 this is how you do it this is how you communicate everything facial expression or yeah. your body language without ever having a line but it has to be said the kids are as are equally amazing yeah um, it's yeah Millicent Simmons plays the daughter who is deaf in real life mm-hmm. and they found her and made a point of saying that we want this to be played by a deaf actress and she's fucking brilliant it's amazing she's so good and and like she gets that that frustration of not being able to communicate to people properly and frustration of not being able to sound like there's a great yeah. scene where she's just yeah she's struggling to relate to her father she's got all this guilt and all of it and she just sort of has that teenage tantrum and and then wanting to run away from home type thing but does it in complete silence because you can't make any noise. Yeah. And it's just the frustration of that. It's just like, fuck. And it's also the terror of that as well. Mm. Think about the fear that, like, one of the primary senses is hearing and so much of that is, of this film, is them being able to hear, like, a pin drop mm. or, you know, they have to roll a dice on a little knitted pad. Yeah. And then just to see what number it is. And everything's, like, soft yeah, so, like they're, they're playing Monopoly, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, so they they repeat the Monopoly pieces with little like felt. Yeah, like again, production. They've thought about it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> and you just think like this is really, really effective, 
but then you also look at the fact that you can't hear. No. So the 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 the, the, the isolation that she's got yeah. in this, she just communicates it amazingly. Yeah. Because and you can tell that like she's obviously bringing a lot of her real experience yeah. to like that, and it's but like they do a great job of doing the whole sound design thing where. Like there's a scene very early on, but they're going over the bridge, mm. and you see like when they they're focusing on Emily Blunt and Krasinski, and you can, they can hear the water running, and then it cuts back to her. You can just hear nothing. Yeah, you just go silent. And like the idea that like now everyone has to live in the world that she lives in. Yeah, like the world's always been silent for me, and yeah. now you now everyone has to be in the way that I am. Yeah, and it's like like. But then she doesn't have any defense. No. in that world. Well. Not to begin with, but again, we won't spoil yeah. where everything ends. But that, that's that's an interesting thing, and again, that's something they're going to bring forward. Yeah, that's something that gets worked out at the very end and becomes a tool that will be used. Yeah, and um, that's one thing that I would say about like one thing that sort of caught me off guard was the first time when I first watched this was it was that last yeah. Shot. I remember at the time actually you saying you didn't quite like the ending. Should we do a um, yeah. before we do a quick spoiler thing? I just wanted to shout out as well the son, uh, played by yeah. Noah Jupe. He's brilliant. He's so yeah. good, and it's his terror on his face yeah. is brilliant. He's so scared all the time. <laughs> and it's like this little kid absolutely shitting it, and like a great moment where he goes out fishing with his dad, and he, like catches the fish, and he's like, <gasps> he's making noise. You're making noise. It's just like you know, the fear in his face, and yeah. he's just so. And, but he's brilliant. Um, and he's actually, I just looked him up actually, he's been in loads of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in that. So did you ever watch um, The Undoing with um, Nicole Kidman? And, um, no, that. so that whole series, he played the son in that. Oh, okay. So he had quite a lot to do in that. Um, he also played the son in um, Le Mans 66. Oh, cool. K- Kenny Miles' yeah. boy, that was him. Oh, so, nice. there you go. so he's been in loads of stuff, but he's great as well. So yeah, before we do a spoiler thing, please watch... A yeah. quiet place. We've we might you might be able to pick up on some spoilers from what we said, <laughs> but please and then go and see the new one. Um, and don't take popcorn. Be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> just go and be really really quiet. Yeah. And if you happen to be in the same one as us, when we see it and you make noise, we are murder you. Yeah. So spoilers. So, yeah, I remember at the time really not liking the way it ended. Yeah, because it's... It's it's this object of... We've just about managed to kill this one. Yeah. Just. And it's it's cost us the father. It's cost us a, the first or the youngest son. Mm-hmm. And it's cost us security and safety and other things that we've had. And then you're like, cock the gun. It's go time, motherfucker. Yeah, I know. And what it's you mean. like cocking the gun and just like having the weapon. And you're like, there is that flash of hope there, but they didn't need to be like, cock the gun. I think it's a case of, I'm thinking about like, right, so what ends up happening at the very end? We had this final, um, like, uh, showdown basically with the the creature in the basement with the family, and they have they find a way to stop him basically through um, the daughter's um, hearing aid. Oh, she sure. realizes yeah. that it's like it's uh, there's a high frequency. Yeah, so he he the the father's modified it as mm. he said to pick up higher frequencies, and 
she's like, it won't work, it won't work. And he's just constantly trying. It becomes a thing. And then it becomes a message later on that because she blames herself and thinks he doesn't love her. Mm. But then she finds like like a dozen hearing aids that yeah. he's been working on like constantly over this year. And then you find out that the combination of the super high frequency that's been picked up on that combined with the feedback mm. from the way that they listen, the, the creatures listen, causes them like a lot of pain, like disorients them. and They don't really yeah. know what's going on. They weaponize it through an amp and yeah. a microphone. Which allows it to be distracted. It defends it. I think like deafens it. Like to a point, I thought originally when it sort it falls over, it just yeah. it completely freaks out. I thought oh, they killed it. They found a way to kill it. Yeah. Turns out no. It then jumps at them again, and at that point, like I think the thing with the with the shotgun is there's loads of opportunity. Like if it had been gun, like she has that gun, that shotgun trained on that thing in that small space for a really long time. Yeah. And at any point, she could pull the trigger, but she's waiting. She's like until it's absolutely. Yeah. I will not do it because I know that that will then draw them all in so she waits like she thinks that that is safe you all think it's safe because the daughter's done the thing with the amplifier yeah. and knocked it out and then it comes jumping at them and it's like right well I've got no choice now it's yeah. life or death pull the trigger and as soon as she pulls the trigger then you see on all the um, monitors there's loads in the area that are running at them Yeah. so then it's a case of yeah I'm, there's no way around it now cock the gun because this is it. Yeah. And so I think it's not, it's a case of, I know what you mean. It's like, look how much we lost, but it was like, even with all the emotion of like, this thing just killed my husband. She doesn't just blast it in the face the minute she gets the opportunity to. Yeah. Which is what, like, that would be stupid. That would be like, yeah. even though it would be, it would be excusable. Like given the emotion that you're going through, you would go, well, fuck you then. Like kill the fucker. Yeah. But even then she doesn't do it. She only does it when she absolutely has to. And then they go, right. If we've got a combination of the amplifier and you with that, and me with a shotgun, we might stand a chance. Credit, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I don't know what it is about. I think it's because it just, there's it, so it, much in film. Yeah, that they use that cocking of the shotgun. It's like a symbolic. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's what it is. It feels out of place. Yeah, the cocking of the shotgun is. It has so many connotations and things associated with the cocking of a shotgun. Yeah, that don't fit right with the quiet place. But if you think yeah. about it in the white... It's, the... it's the way that it's set up as yeah. well. Because it is set up in like this big, like powerful, like holding it across her chest. Yeah, she's almost got a smile on her. Yeah, like... she's always got a fucking bald eagle behind her, cocks the shotgun <laughs> and then the flag waves sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. But it's like, there could have been... Like, there's a, there are different ways that it could have been done. And I'm not, I'm not saying like it's... It was annoying that it was the last shot. Yeah. Because it's a fucking masterpiece of a film, but it's that one shot that sort of always sat a little bit wrong with me. Because it's like, there could have just been a look between yeah. the two of them. Because there's so much chemistry between feel, all of the cast. I feel like that could have... I think they needed some sort of definitive... Because they were then ending it, they need some sort of definitive like sound or someone needs to say something or just to end it on a strong note. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like ending it, they probably would have done like cuts of the movie where it was just a look yeah but it felt it just went a bit flat yeah but you maybe you could have done it with a musical cue or something yeah but like you needed something it just needed and i feel like that was the thing that was like yeah that's that's yeah. it and that's and that's literally the only complaint that i've got with the film. yeah um and that's why I, that's the other thing that i'm really excited about is like i really want to know how they get out of that basement yeah i want to know what happens and like how do they are they going to try and kill with them or is it now going to be a case of 
they're going to try and escape mm. or they're going to stay where they're at because they've got the amp and that's the thing that they can use like that's that's really to the spot the shotgun you can take with you yeah but at the same time yeah. she's got a newborn literally hours old if that and then the two kids she's being attacked by all these monsters yeah. in a flooded basement yeah <laughs> like everything's fucked and we end it on that note i'm just like oh my god i hope they make a sequel and thank fuck they are making a sequel yeah because they've lost their silence they're, they're quiet bunker mm. they're in the the science room yeah and like the 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 farm is compromised now. I think they have to, they have to move on, yeah. sort of thing. So that and that's what we'll see in the sequel. Yeah, because like, I'm fairly certain that it's going to start with that. Oh yeah, they've got to pick up, or if not, then that will be a missed opportunity. Like they've got, to... or they'll show. I don't think maybe they won't show that, but they'll show like the art of it. Yeah, and they'll show that like it'll be black, and it'll be like a quiet place too, and then you will hear the gunshots. Mm. And then it will fade up from black and you'll see the aftermath. Yeah. So it won't be like, they're not glamorizing the action of it. No. But what they are, so they're not glamorizing the action, but they show the aftermath and they're like, oh, this whole place is a wreck. Yeah. And that first intro back into the film will be showing what the aftermath is in broad daylight. Mm. So there's three dead creatures in the basement. Um, and then, yeah, three dead creatures in the basement the whole farm's wrecked. Like, the fucking silo's gone. The, the, the bunker's gone. Their home has gone. So now's the time to move on. Yeah. And then they find a prison. Yeah. And then, they, they, yeah, and then... And in season two, they find a prison. They stay on there a bit too long. Yeah. But then the governor turns out, and then he, he but then he kills all his own people for some yeah. reason. Just just so, to spool that out for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and that's where you stop watching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, then it, and it carries on. And it does the same thing for five more seasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then it still carries on. And on. And on. But Quiet Place is good. Quiet Place is great. Um, yeah, really can't wait to see the next one. Really excited. Go watch it next week and we'll yeah. do a classic. Watch it, come back from the cinema, get in front of the mics. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you've got your vaccine next week, haven't you? On Friday. Yeah. Um, should be all right. Most, but most people I know who've had it don't. I mean, you've had one, I mean, you or not? Yeah, yeah. I was bad. You felt bad, didn't you? Yeah. I was really bad. Yeah. I was like laid up with flu symptoms for like two days. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, but yeah, you I, and I, my other girlfriend have got the, the same the same weekend. <laughs> okay. You just sat that in there. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I should be alright. I don't know. I've, I've also had uh, people say that like I haven't had any, like my dad never had any ill effects of yeah. it, and other people that I know have had haven't had any effects, and it was just like oh, I've got a bit of a dead arm for yeah. uh, you know a few hours. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully that won't affect. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Like, we'll see. Yeah, because I got my second one week after. Well, I mean, worst comes to work, I think there's like preview screenings. We could go on Monday. Yeah. Fuck. Might be an idea. It's a you know it's a ba- it's a bank holiday. I've I've got nothing planned. We'll have a look. Anyway, this is a discussion for off air. Um, <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, watch Quiet Place. It's brilliant. Go watch the new one. Um, Cinema yeah. is back. Cinema's the old cast is back. Grand rewatch Grand is back. Grand rewatch is back. Everything's We've got back. Some planned. Everything's We've got great. Grand rewatches planned. Yeah, I mean, what, what else have we got after this? It's going to be. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. So, this is going to be the first thing in June. And what else is out in June? Um, hang on. June. 
Cinema Releases UK. The King's Man. Oh, no, Last Night in Soho. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Right, none of that is actually true anymore, is it? Uh, oh, the, yeah, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Wrath of Man in the Heights. Clifford, the Big Red Dog. I don't know about in the Heights. Have you got any interest in that? Yeah, man. Okay. All right, maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that. Death I'm, on the Nile, Downton Abbey 2. Death on the Nile. Fantastic Beast I'm 3. recording this now. Death on the Nile will never get a cinema release. <laughs> It'll go straight to ITV. No, wait, because it's not even that. It's because one of the main actors in it likes eating people's ribs or whatever. Wait, what? It's um Army Hammer, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He's a fucking cannibal. So, the, the, oh, yeah. so I feel like that genuinely that might not get released. <laughs> yeah, about that. Anyway, we, we, we're going off on a tangent. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. In this episode, we're returning to our classic format of the Grand Rewatch by reviewing the 2018 thriller A Quiet Place, starring John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, and Maleficent Simmons. Maleficent? Listened. Maleficent. Fuck that up. <laughs> God damn it. Leave that one in. No. <laughs>